0: I'm, tr- I'm not trying to hide so much with my with my songwriting like obviously there's still a craft to it and you know you're not going to be able to convey something like I miss you by saying I miss you like you right. have to you have to get there through some secret passageway <laughs> um here I am so yeah there, there's craft there but it's it's emotionally urgent <laughs>
1: That's good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing?
0: Know, <laughs> if I can just make these things rhyme and I can make this like a little bit funny or self-deprecating then I don't actually have to like bear my feelings.
2: Here comes Santa Claus on the mic, Santa Claus, smacking down all you Wacom Uh Great to be back. I know it's been uh, quite a hiatus, but I'm back now, and I've got a few more episodes in the can. Uh, it's total Slant on the motherfucking podcast today. Uh, what a great pleasure to talk to Felix, one of my favorite people in the universe, in the known universe. There may be other favorite people I may have somewhere in distant planets that we have not discovered yet. Uh, What am I doing? Well, it's holiday times. And that means... What does that mean? That means puzzling, jigsaw, crossword. That means... Goodness. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Things haven't really begun in earnest. I'm looking forward to seeing what that means. That means for me that I go to a lot of of functions with my lady friend Grace. Uh, she's got a big family that celebrates these sorts of holidays. It's been it's been a long ride for me, but I just got home a couple nights ago, and uh, you know from New York State, so I was in the city for a few days, just incognito, just quick, just quick in and out in the city for a few days and then had to go upstate to shoot uh, some secret video stuff that you guys will be privy to sometime in the hopefully not so distant future. We'll find out uh, more about that. But before that, I only had three days. I'm working my way backwards in time now. only had three days off uh, before I had to leave for New York. Before that, long tour, wonderful tour, five week tour, with some good friends, La la, la la, of which Felix was one of them playing bass on that tour. But I've also toured with Felix uh, playing drums in Eskimo at the time, now Gabby's world. So it's all connecting, it's all connecting. Felix is one of these these people that that is in a ton of bands. So if you're out in the world, on the road, you're bound, to run into them. Today's (laughs) broadcast is brought to you by yourself uh, and those of you who have taken the time and financial energy to head on over to patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf and pledge. You know, you can pledge anywhere from uh, probably a penny. I don't know if they break it up to smaller than a penny and up to a jillion dollars. So go over there, patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf, see what you've got to burn, uh, see where you can resolve your New Year's and begin again in donation spirits. But, you know, there are more important things to donate to. You know, I would say first maybe do the, these kind of Red Cross things for, for any kind of travesty that may be going on in the world. And then next up is... The Wandering Wolf Podcast. So go do that. Of course, my $5 and up. Contributors are my executive producers. You get your name read on the podcast at the end of every episode. Thrilling. What else is up with me? Well, ha, working on music stuff. Of course, always too much stuff to work on for the amount of time that life throws your way. But this is a problem that, that we've created for ourselves Uh, in the Western world and maybe specifically in the United States where we feel like we have to just keep the carrot on the stick in front of us and produce, 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 and the carrot, eventually, we find out, is nothing more than death. So, you know, we do it to ourselves, and, you know, it's true. Uh, As Radiohead said, I'm I'm not going to dwell on any of that. I'm doing my thing. I'm moving through time, living day to day and uh, accepting whatever fate I may be find myself. I don't think that's a word, but I like that. Got a little mini Y tour in January to tell you about. January 15th, Hamden, Connecticut, Ithaca, New York on the 16th. The 17th is Lancaster, PA. The 18th, New York City, or Brooklyn rather. Uh, With Japanese breakfast the 19th is Providence, Rhode Island and the 20th is Hollyoak, Massachusetts So if you're in one of these towns or somewhere near there come and check us out now This is this is a a reprise in a way of the alopecia tour So at all these shows except for the New York City show we will be playing the alopecia album in its entirety Why did this happen? I, I, I made it clear everywhere. This will not happen again. Well, this is the last little trickle Okay, this is the final trickle of the alopecia shows, uh, and we set these up sort of later based around this show that we wanted to do with the Wandering Wolf alum, Japanese Breakfast. Uh, So yeah, we had to make these shows to get out there, and we figured, well, why not play the alopecia set for some of these people that live in these other towns and did not get to check it out. And of course, one of the shows is a makeup show that uh, we missed out on by Our bus breaking down on the side of the highway But we were fine Everything was fine, safety first Of course All those shows are with a very special guest Tom Berlin And if you don't know Tom Berlin's music It's beautiful, beautiful music That uh, you'll find out about more Next week If I can give a little hint My guest today Is Felix Walworth uh, Who goes by told slant, but also plays in many other people's bands, uh, drums, bass, guitar, does the background vocals in other people's bands. So, so this is a very active individual in the DIY world and beyond. Uh, very impressive on, on any instrument they, they put their mind and body to, and just a natural, just a natural at music and a natural in general, I think, in life. I have enjoyed greatly spending time with them on tour specifically this tour we just had uh we had some nice little pre-sound check walks together let's move clear into this conversation with felix so that you yourself can be privy to the knowledge and joy that comes with knowing the one known as Plant.
0: Are you having a fun time on the tour? I'm having the best time on tour that I've ever had in my life, actually, fully, honestly. Why do you think that is? Um, Just the group. Uh, like, everyone just gets along so well. Like, you know, I, like, I'm like i able to, like, watch the set every night and be interested in that. I'm able to hang out with everyone after the show and be interested in that. Um, you know, there are other things like materially it's just a lot easier than tours in the past have because you know i'm extremely used to the you know driving all day in a cramped minivan style tour and then you know sleeping on someone's floor after that and you know none of the i've never been this pampered i guess and usually on tours i'm like seeking out alone time because of that uh, but even on this one like I think the availability of private space has made me actually not need it. Like I don't go in my bunk to like get away from people. Is like, that the
2: private space you speak of? Is the you would say bunk?
0: Yeah, well we've got that, right? Like 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 no one's just going to like no one's going to jump up onto my third level bunk. I can escape you all if I wanted to, but uh yeah, like I I haven't even really like you see, it. like I, every night I'm kind of just like hanging out in the front lounge, like Usually until everyone else has gone to sleep. Yeah, so
2: I escape. I have to escape at some point. I'm like, okay. I mean, usually I just go to bed earlier than most people. I would say, uh, but yeah, I feel similar. Is this going to ruin you if you go back to
0: doing DIY tours? No, because there's there's also something that I don't that I'm not getting on this tour, yeah. which is like any kind of relationship between, like, myself as a performer and, like, uh, people who are here to see the show. Like, yeah. I'm not really interacting with, like, the audiences. And would you, you normally do? Yeah, like, normally, like, I'm, like, having conversations, like, you know, like, oftentimes I'll be staying at a stranger's house. So I'm, like, getting to know a new person every night. And you like that? I do. Yep. I do. It's exhausting in some ways, like like when you're doing that every night for a month. Like yeah, that takes a lot out of you, but it's also it's it's rewarding in its own way. So like yeah, like don't like I'll be spoiled materially from this tour, but but I'll I'm I'm excited to like, you know, return to house shows and things where sure. I'll get these other things that I love about traveling. I
2: I do like that intimate feeling of a house show or the, yeah, like the, the, yeah, just, just being up close and personal with, with a small amount of people as opposed to sort of like, yeah, a lot of people sort of, you get to meet very, 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 very briefly.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, this probably accounts for why you, you know, you were saying that you take more private time on this tour than I do like you're actually the amount of like emotional work that you're putting into this tour is is different from the amount that i'm putting in sure yeah you're talking to people every night like you're having those interactions with people who like really look up to you and love your music and like you know talking to 75 people in a row even if it's all you know, they're all saying really nice things about you is honestly very overwhelming. It's tiring. And yeah. And so like, you yeah. got to go, you know, take a 45 minute shower or something after that. Yeah. Like,
2: do you, do you enjoy? So on this tour, we, I should just say that you're playing bass in Lily's band in La 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 La. Um, and, you know, you play in so many bands and you have your own project told slant, like, how do you balance that or, you know, do you enjoy do, playing someone else's songs and kind of interpreting them through, through yourself or is it kind of like
0: a necessary evil or what, you know, what you're feeling about it? Um, I love it, honestly. Like, I love, uh, like, playing in other people's projects and, you know, sometimes it becomes a complicated thing for me where I'll be like, I've spent too many months of the year focusing on other people's projects and I'll feel badly that I haven't like, you know, done enough Toll Slant tours or something. But I, th- there, it's a completely different feeling, a different kind of fulfillment to like, be a tool for someone in, and I mean that in the best way possible, yeah. like be useful and available um, than it is to like, put your
2: Oh, he's here. Come on, come on in. Hi Josiah's guys. here. He's going to sit with us. He's going to be in part of this conversation. I brought you a stool. Hi I hope that's know. okay.
3: <laughs> I'll sit for a bit. I'm not sure how much time I have here, but I have some time.
2: Yeah. For sure. We're. Um... You're also a ticking time bomb? Oh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Yoni.
0: <laughs> Good. Yeah, this podcast will uh, will have to end. At some point. 45 we'll minutes. or.
3: Usually I can go an hour or two. You guys have talked about this. We can't have this on there. No, 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 we're
1: not talking about <laughs> We're not
0: sure why it has to end. It just, some just might have to end. <laughs> um,
2: so we were talking about, uh, Josiah, if I can catch up, just just the idea of Felix being like a hired gun for a lot of bands mm-hmm. and how they feel about that. And, uh, yeah, you seem to like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like th- there's there's... There's a lot at stake emotionally when you're going on your own, like the tour of your own songwriting. And I mean, I th- and I think maybe, maybe you'll understand this too. Like, like you know, like obviously I take being a musician and like being a bassist or a drummer or a guitarist, like I take those things really seriously, but what I take sort of the most seriously, what I've elevated to like another level of like creative process for myself is writing lyrics. Um, and, Mm. uh, and like arranging music. Mm -hmm. Um, so Told Slant is the only band that I do those things for. And when I'm touring with, with that project, as a result of that, uh, the, the emotional stakes are just huge. Like if, if the show goes well, I'm ecstatic. Um, and I feel like, you know, incredible. I feel like, you know, really heard in like the, I feel like the art that I'm putting into the world is, has been received. Yeah. Uh, and when it goes really poorly, I'm like, oh, the things that I care about, the things that I'm trying to say, uh, you know, I've failed at and it's, you know, it can be really difficult. Um, but being the bassist or the drummer for someone's project is like, you know, that's not quite there. Like, obviously, like, I want these shows to to go well. I want the band to be able to communicate these ideas, like, as best as they can be communicated. But the personal,
2: emotional stakes aren't there in the same way.
0: Yeah, and there's, like, you know, I'll, if I mess up a note or something, like, I will have the shame. Sure. <laughs> of, like, I, you know, I've... And it'll also be, like, I, I failed the person whose project this is. Like, I didn't, like, contribute to their vision in the way that they would have liked me to. But for me, you know, I I'm not gonna think about it while I'm going to sleep at night and be like right. I'm, I'm whipping myself. But but least. if you were I'm you're might, saying, not as high as you're saying. Yeah. the highs aren't as high and the
3: lows aren't as low. It's kind of more in the middle. Yeah. When you're working on someone else's project.
2: For sure. Exactly. I, I, I see that. And I, I see yeah, I see the merit of both in some ways. Uh, I've rarely gone out and played other people's music, but I have uh and i enjoy it it's funny andrew was just asking me this about t- 10 minutes
3: ago on the bus
2: about the same thing what's your feeling he, he said
3: that? do you ever tour with other bands and i said i never have other than my you didn't oh, danielson
2: for a minute okay you're right i forgot
3: okay i did but only like a week yeah i just did it one little run with them in europe i liked it i would do it i just would have to have uh, a band ask me that i like and that has a budget that can afford to pay me at least two thousand dollars a day so yeah. no <laughs> no i mean probably fine for 200 but w- w- whatever the price I, I couldn't at this point i couldn't just do a diy tour yeah i mean i could do a, a van tour i don't have to do a bus tour but it would have to be organized so that's the only caveat but i would do it i just haven't really been asked
2: you how do you feel about that when you, when you go on a diy tour and it's like haphazard and you're playing in someone's band and you know, I don't know if you've experienced that, but you know, and, and it's kind of like if the tour falls apart a little bit. Some shows you miss, some shows you don't get paid. You you know, address that aspect.
0: <clears throat> um. Honestly, like, or is it all good? It's all good for yeah. me. I'm I'm pretty easy on the road. Um, I feel, you know, I'm I'm. I'm able to adapt to different, like, social dynamics well enough. I think sometimes maybe it's annoying that it's too easy for me because I'll be like, the show fell through. Whatever, we'll go, like, there's a national park over here. Right. Like, or, like, we'll just get a hotel and relax. There's and, an Arby's mm-hmm. in town. Yeah. <laughs> right, yes, yes, yes. the <laughs> <Rose laughs> <rise. laughs> Yeah, so, I, you know, I'm trying to spend all day at the Arby's yeah. and the band leader is, like, you know, in tears. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but it's just, like... those things don't really hit me that hard. Like, Like, I've run into so many problems on DIY tours that, like, I expect, you know, shows will fall through. Like, the van may break down. It will break down. Mm -hmm. Like, something will get stolen or lost. And it's just, like... That just doesn't really stress me out anymore. That's good. That's <laughs> good.
2: You have to say and kill. And, and so for your tours, for Told Slant tours, um, is it the same way? Are you bringing people out or do you usually go solo? Or how do you
0: normally do it? It's been a while since I've had the full band together. Um, I've been doing the last couple tours I did were solo tours, which I like doing and, you know, it was sort of like a challenge for me at first to like see if this was something that I could do. Like, you know, I've, I've written all these songs. I've arranged this music. Can I like, like perform this in a completely self-reliant way? Um, but it just, it has its, its limitations. Like I'm like, like for the next like string of shows that I book, I'm going to try to have things more fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Um, do you loop? I don't loop. You play guitar. Yeah, I just play guitar and sing electric guitar. That's yeah.
3: I tried the looping thing for a while. It's hard. It's
0: hard to make it work. Yeah, there's there's something also just about the texture of a sound, and like this is you know no no shade to the to the many very talented loopers out there, but the the sound. uh, Whenever I hear someone performing with a loop pedal, they play the, the the you know the guitar part the first time. I think it sounds amazing, and as soon as they loop it it just feels like it it falls back into the mix or something i've noticed that it's like yeah diy looping is is like hard
2: to make it work like you can do it like like i've seen andrew bird or 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 uh 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 marty dodge is great dodge is great or or or, uh uh what 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 are they called fucking uh merrill what's her band jesus christ my mind yo you have to cut this out two yards. yards jesus yeah. sorry uh, yeah i mean and but you know these are these are bigger acts that are playing a bigger play and have a sound engineer and so for their looping sounds legit but i totally pretty much every time i've seen a diy looper it's that where like yeah they they the loop plays back quietly then they play on top of it loud and then they loop that and it's quiet it's hard to make it sound good
0: yeah and also and the other thing is like that that style of, or performing with a loop pedal is only really useful if your songs are sort of gradual builds, like yeah. they're, they're dynamically you know headed in one direction whereas like my songs tend to like, you know, like the guitar drops out, like I try to take things out more as a dynamic tool mm-hmm. than add things, if that makes sense mm-hmm. so uh, it just seems like it would be very clumsy honestly.
2: Yeah. I, I never, you know, I, I I never have been into the idea of doing that. You know, we've done a couple little, we'll play a, like a little like one bar loop every once in a while or something on a on a drum machine. But yeah, the idea of of playing over like music concrete or whatever, you know, playing over recorded music has always been uh, something that I've tried to avoid just because, I don't know, I like the, I like... I like the sound of different people playing together in real time and and there's just something about that and when when you're like listening for I, f- I feel like when you're listening for like where's the beat at you've already lost or something somehow
0: i yeah i agree like so much of the character of your playing uh, is gone because you're you're trying to be precise yeah. rather than like be like emotive or just or re- or wing it yeah um which is I don't know that's like the kind of player that I am. Like I, I, I like to, you know, I don't like to have a plan necessarily. Yeah. Or, like guitar or, or drums, really. Like if I'm like, like I like to, if there's a a fill coming up, I sort of just like to be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and here it is.
2: Yeah, uh, love that. And and yeah, you um, you you have a loose feel, although you you have great time and shit. But yeah, you're, you you, uh, on drums, I'm talking about now, and but I feel like you're. Yeah, your time is a bit malleable, and, and you're sort of able to, you're relaxed, you are you're, you know. Yeah. My, My th- teacher used to,
3: used to say it was like throwing your drums down the stairs, because he, he was all about John Von Olin, you know, he just passed, actually. And his, he would do fills, like, he said the same thing. He, he's like, I don't want to think about what I'm going to do. Just, like, throw it down the steps, and just, if you're really in it, it'll come out right. Yeah. But don't, try not to, like, think about it. Just It's like a losing yourself feeling.
0: Totally, and I, I, you you do this every night. Well, like, part of what it makes sense. I got sense. that from John, I mean, in a way. I mean, it was me, too, but, I mean, he, he definitely put that on me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I'm trying to, is it at the end of Vowels Part 2? Hold this for a sec. i I'll be right back.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Vowels has a couple of sections where, where it's weird, because if you do it every night, you tend to get caught in certain fills. How can you not? Mm hmm but I I don't want to I mean certain feels I just okay this is what I've been doing and I can't get out of it so I just do it and try to make it feel good but other parts I don't want to be the same so I have to kind of
0: it's a it's a game you play with yourself to not expect what's coming yeah yeah and to and and also just to keep yourself interested yeah at least for me like Mm -hmm. like you know, I can I can shut my brain off and like do certain fills that I'm really comfortable with, but like I know that I'm not like really giving a good performance and I'm not like interpreting like the arranged music in a way that's actually the you know like interesting or or fun. I mean, you know, you can write something that's compelling and you can do it every night, and there's no. nothing wrong with that, but but then you have to you have to think about it like, you know, we're we are playing this music every night like like you gotta keep it fun for yourself yeah and this tour where both bands are playing the same
3: exact set every night right. like that's not every tour for us and I can't remember what you did with Eskimo I think you guys mixed it up a little bit more than we are now what's your tendency
2: and all and all these bands you tend to play in with that
0: in terms of like mixing up the sets, yeah, like what's
2: set, the
3: set set or like changing songs night to night for right, like right the world
2: the world that you're from. What's the what's the standard or something?
0: I think it's it's typical that we, when you book when we book a tour. We'll practice one set, mm-hmm. and we'll maybe have like two other songs that you know. Audibles. Yeah, like we can we'll swap them out if if like we're feeling like one is like a weak one in the set or. Like we're just not feeling it anymore.
2: That's basically what we do.
3: Yeah, we've done that for sure. But we do what we do on this. We time, tried really. a couple of tours. We, we tried to really change it every night.
1: And oh yeah. We're, we're bat- playing two cities 2000- that were
3: relatively close. We try to really do a different set. But it, I think we the music
2: suffered a bit. Maybe there's something about yeah. the tight set that that like I don't know. I almost feel like playing every night on a tour anyway. Like. There's something about it that's already artificial, anyway. Like I don't know, so I feel like almost like just playing the same set every night is sort of like okay. Like I don't, I don't know. Unless I mean, it gives you more freedom, yeah, to,
3: to to open up and to not think about that stuff and to just listen
2: and play with the people, yeah, and, and to communicate I'm, 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 with the audience. Unless you have a shit ton of people like following you, Grateful Dead style or something. Right, we're you know, I mean, jam band, though, it's
0: a different, whole different style.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. But I've noticed with with y'all on this tour, like, like I think you know, maybe if you were having a bad time and you weren't enjoying playing and you were playing the same set every night, it would come across as like rote, right? And and you would feel it that way. You would yeah. feel like th- that it was just easy to go through the motions of these songs. But each night, like each individual player in the band, makes different decisions on the fly, which mm-hmm. to me is a sign of like actually being interested and engaged with yeah. what you're doing. So, like, and I think it's that's one of the best ways of 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 making a you know a five week long tour on the same songs into a an interesting experience for oneself yeah. as a player. It's-
2: Already, you're changing the environment and you're changing the audience and you're, cha- you know, like enough things are changing out that I think it, you can, you know, if you're, if you're someone that, I don't know, if you can get into it in the moment anyway, then I, I think, it. I mean, and yeah. We're same. Playing, for me, a
3: big thing is what you're saying. We're playing live and there's no click. There's We're not following anything but each other. And that, that's, the, that's the only variable that I need to really, I don't enjoy playing live to click track. And no. I can do it on recordings and it's fun it can be very good for recording of course for certain kinds of tracks but yeah live is just not fun for me
2: yeah Mm
0: -hmm. i agree i have a question for i guess the two of you yeah how much would you say in a set do you feed off of the energy of people that you're performing for like is that something that you're paying attention to when you're playing or are you generally like you know facing each other playing off of each other's energy you can go
2: first now I, I mean, for me the audience makes a huge difference like it, it's like i would say one of the major factors i mean as the two things for me are like can i you know how well can i hear what's going on on stage and then the second thing is like you know is the audience are they you know do they are they enjoying what they're watching you know like there's nothing worse than looking out there and be like oh my god they're so bored <laughs> mm-hmm. and then just feeling like yeah. bad about yourself and that happens to me you know even on this tour that's happened to me where you you know you just start to feel like oh my god you know it's you know very easy to have thin skin i think when you're up there in front of a bunch of people absolutely yeah like and and i especially when you're the the singing part you know the, the like songwriter person so yeah i, I would say
3: mm-hmm that's very true because i felt that a lot more when i was singing my songs yeah with why um i listen to you a lot you know if you're into it and i hear your voice is strong and you know i hear what you're doing then i'm i'm kind of listening to you mainly then i listen to doug and matt like secondary and certain parts where they're more featured i'll kind of listen to them but that's good the audience is less important although yeah, there are times when I look out in the audience, and I definitely get a rush from seeing everybody singing all the lyrics, and it's like this high, this great feeling. But I can also just close my eyes, and if I'm if I hear that you're into it, then I'm like, all right, this is great. I'm kind of following mm-hmm. the vibe, you know. Yeah, but yeah, when you're leading,
0: it's 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 more pressure, no doubt.
2: And what about good. you? Uh, to answer your own question, <clears throat>
0: uh, I, it affects me quite a bit. Um, the audience, and which is like so some of the shows that we've played that hasn't really been accessible just because of the architecture of the spaces um, you mean where people are too the audience is
2: too far away type
0: shit yeah they're too far or like the monitor mix i'm using architecture sort of loosely here like the monitor mix is so good and loud you can't can't even the house you
3: don't understand what's happening out there
0: yeah they could all be mumbling like when's this band gonna be done I can't wait to see why (laughs) and I wouldn't even know right Um, so I at that point fuck (laughs) it just play your set and enjoy it right and that's when you have to or like when I have to rely on you know my relationships with the other people that I'm playing with to really have any kind of energy myself but uh Something you were saying reminded reminded me about one, one time I was playing a, a solo set in Boston, and like I was headlining the venues. So it, was, it wasn't even like a situation where you know someone was like, ostensibly, sitting through my set for something that right. they liked was more to after happen. This. Yes, yes, like 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 this person was free <laughs> yeah um, to leave yeah and they were standing right in the front and making snoring sounds oh, and I was just God. like and like what what? like like (laughs) as a like as a diss like boring i think so oh my god and like i mean mean just had some condition it was (laughs) perhaps perhaps (laughs) apnea it was like like, wake apnea you know i'd like to tell myself that it was just like some like fucking old man who like wandered from the bar and was like let me check this out and disrespect it for (laughs) a while but stuff like that like you know like, how are you supposed to perform when you can hear someone snoring? <laughs> like, yeah. That's the
3: risk of quiet music. That's the danger of performing yeah. acoustic. You know, I thought Emily did a good job with that on the last tour because her stuff is quiet.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
3: Florist. Yeah, her and Johnny. Yeah, Florist. And she, she she, had a way with the audience where she was very... You've seen her...
2: It's before. just her vibe. Yeah. She just has a very confident, like... She would almost
3: go even quieter. Yeah, like it'd be like barely there, and everyone would kind of have to.
2: But she—it's just her vibe. She's super like <clears throat> strong in herself and is able to. Yeah, you know, just I could not do easy. That. I can't. Do, I couldn't do that. It's not, not easy. easy. Yeah, I, I, I prefer doing. Well, I want to ask you how you feel about this, but I, I sort of, for myself, I prefer doing quiet acousticy shows. Like I understand, like. That our audiences they want to see this rock and roll why experience, but I get more out of playing like when we went out and did the acoustic. Uh, I had a great time. We did that duo stuff. The duo stuff I love. I, I
3: really like singing with with just the two of us. Now, of course, as a drummer, I, I love playing the drums. And, sure,
2: you know, so that's another
3: thing. But, sure, you know, both are valid.
2: What What, what about you Felix? Because you're you're also a drummer. You know, but you, then you also are a songwriter and a song, you know, and performer in that way. So, what, like, what do you prefer? Do you like a loud rock rock show, or do you like a, a quiet?
0: I prefer a quiet show. Honestly, it's it, it's hard, like you said. Like you know, I'm much more comfortable on the drums than I am on guitar. That's very obvious to anyone who's ever seen Told Slant in. Solo form versus full band form. Mm. Uh,
2: do you play drums in a full band form? I for do. Told slant. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. You sing and play drums
3: at mm-hmm. the same
0: time. Okay, sort of like your your setup actually. Okay. Like oh, standing. like you do a standing kind of deal. Yeah. Oh. yeah, except for that, it's a kick drum mounted on a keyboard stand just in oh, the front. Oh, that you know. sounds good. It's Wh- fun. When can
2: we see this? Like,
0: oh, I gotta. Yeah. Next year. Cincinnati wants told slant. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Uh, Cincinnati can have told yeah. slant.
3: <laughs> yeah, i didn't even drive to Dayton. We'll take Dayton, <laughs> yeah. Dayton, or Columbus, I don't, even Columbus, <laughs> not Dayton.
0: Columbus, <laughs> Columbus. Columbus. Columbus is yeah. yes, Columbus, good DIY uh, town. Yeah, I do like playing in Columbus.
2: Um, well, l- let's let's go back a little bit and get some of your history, your life history, your music history, and stuff like that. Because I don't, I've never talked about this really with you. I mean, I know the basics. Even outside of music, what are other kind of yeah, things that you're just into? in general art, whatever.
0: So you you, know where you to start.
2: well no I I'll I'll walk you through it a little bit. You grew up in 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 Brooklyn, yeah.
0: Correct, yeah.
2: In what what neighborhood? Windsor Terrace. Windsor Terrace. What's what's the properties of that?
0: The it's, it's a residential neighborhood in South Brooklyn. It's uh, I live in Sunset Park now, which is the next neighborhood over. Uh, it's just Windsor know, it's,
2: Terrace, Jewish neighborhood, a mixed neighborhood. Black, Italian, what, is, what, what, is, what
0: do we got? It's more, it has more of a history as, like, an Irish-Catholic uh, neighborhood. Although, it, you know, that's changed over the last 25 years since sure. uh, my family moved <clears throat> there. Now it's, like, the neighborhood over from it is Park Slope, which is, like, a wealthy Jewish neighborhood for the most part. Um, and that's sort of the... the how the demographic of Windsor Terrace is going as well.
2: Um, did you, so did you grow up, like, who was at your, did you go to a Montessori elementary? Did you go to a public school? What, you, you know, what kind of? I went to a public school
0: all through. P.S. something or other? P.S. 230 in uh, Kensington, Brooklyn, a couple neighborhoods away.
2: And what what kind of kids? What, 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 what was, like, the, the vibe of the school? Like, was it sportsy? Were they artsy? music, musicy?
0: Uh, th- I mean, they were all different. All the public schools I went to were different. Uh, my, the public high school I went to was very nerdy. Um, it's academic, like, super academic. New York has a kind of fucked up public school system. I don't know if you know much about that. Not, to, not too much. A little bit. Instead of, so, there are private schools in New York, um, that people, you know, you just If you're rich, you just go to the private school. Um, But there are these public schools in New York that are really specialized and, like, you know, have a lot of resources. Hard to to get into, though. Yeah, that you have to test into. Um, And they're free, but... And they're ostensibly public, but, you know, like, like you have to, like... Test in, or... Yeah, like, you need... Even them,
3: even if you pass, there's a waiting list, and there's, right, I mean...
0: Yeah, it's just super competitive, um, which, like, you know, mm-hmm. makes it n- unaccessible to a lot of people. Um, and I went to this, like, sort of academically oriented high school called Bard High School, early college.
2: And that's where Gabby went. I've heard of Oliver this. Oliver went, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jack, maybe? No, just, no. Okay. just Gabby and Oliver. Gabby and Oliver, people okay. you would know. Gabby yeah. and Oliver are, uh, well, Gabby's world now. And uh, Oliver's band is Bellows, uh, so yeah, the, these are good friends of ours uh, in New York. Um, was
3: in, in. Let me ask you this: in high school, what was your subject of, and what was your interests academically,
0: and also just extracurricular, you know, artistically? Yeah, were you doing music
2: yet? Were you doing visual art? Well, you know,
0: I was doing music in high school. I started teaching myself how to play drums when I was like. 13, um so I was like just entering high school. Um but I was bad. I was bad. like I can't I didn't have an academic interest at the beginning of high school. I were you a I was, b- poor student? I, I was a poor student. You had good grades? I, I horrible grades. Really? My, my GPA my freshman year. I would
3: not have guessed that about you. You you seem like you'd be a good student.
0: Yeah, I, I became one later. Okay. Um I wasn't I just wasn't interested <laughs> in school. My GPA was one point seven. Jesus. <laughs>
2: That's, that's <laughs> really
3: bad. That's really low. It was quite at low. At the beginning of
0: high
2: school.
0: At the beginning of high school, yeah. yeah. But I was also like, you know, I was just smoking blunts and drinking 40s for my whole... You starting like, when? You starting when I was 14. Oh, wow. Like, How did you, you in so young? Did you get with a bad crowd? I guess so. You know, they weren't... Like, it wasn't even like a... Like, I never felt like I was in danger or anything. Like, everything was sort of controlled and felt... You know, I felt like I had control. I probably didn't. I probably, you know, I was probably, you were kid. I was near death probably a couple <laughs> yeah. times, but, but it, maybe it's just that I knew kids who were doing much worse stuff, but I was just like getting drunk all the time. And like, it wasn't until I was like 17 really that I started, uh, I had a, a teacher in high school who taught urban studies and like you know, like I read like Jane Jacobs and like Corbusier and all these like urban planner theorist types. And I became like obsessed with it. And then I was like, oh, actually, I like learning. Um,
2: so and this is like architecture stuff slash urban plan. Because Corbusier, you mean like the architect guy? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Or Le Corbusier, I guess is called. Yeah. Uh, but so this and that's what piqued your interest mm-hmm. is city planning, architecture stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it was mostly the idea that there was this whole set of knowledge uh, that the you know these people had access to that actually influenced the way that people would behave and treat each other. Ah, like like when it was revealed to me that like you know the width of a street or the height of a building or like uh, the length of a road that all of these things actually. Uh, had a real impact on like our our social organization. Uh, it was just something I'd never th- like considered before. Yeah, and I was like, oh, there are these things that, like, there's power in these sort of invisible structures, right, uh, or these invisible systems that you-
2: two two seemingly completely unrelated things are actually very very tied into each other.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, like capitalism and the built environment. That was fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, so then I then I you know well I continued uh, drinking forties, but I was also interested in learning. <laughs>
2: and what what kind of friend what kind of friend group are we talking about? At that time, were you already hanging with Gabby and Oliver, or, or not yet?
0: I don't know. I don't think I'd met. Well, I'd met Gabby in passing, but um, but we weren't really friends, and I but. Oliver and I were really close. Um we started, I think we were 14 or 15 when we started hanging out and it, it was it was it was like a music-based slash nerd-based group of people. Like, like video games and shit too. Yeah, lots of video games, uh, lots of like folk songwriting um Lots of drinking, yeah. <laughs> and what were you guys
2: like listening to at that time? Like you know, teen years or like the fan years, like the the serious like di- music discovery and stuff. What 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 were you guys sort of coming upon at that time?
1: Mm. What was I listening Fremative to? Formative years. School? There's no
2: shame because I could tell you the shame. Oh, we got shameful, shameful things. Way more oh, shameful. You're I, not. We're <laughs> not. Even, that wasn't even. That didn't even enter their mind. Like yeah. we, we, you know, yeah. the kind of things that just. Uh, yeah.
0: Anyway, I'm sure that the the Wolf Boys yeah. have some shame. Oh my God. To, yes. skeletons. I want to
3: hear
2: what you have to say first, and then I, I have a comment about
0: it. Um, I was in, like, I was into like New York punk when I was young, like, you know, I was like into like Richard Hale and like that kind of stuff. Um, Original New York punk stuff. Yeah, yeah like '70s yeah. stuff. Um, and I was, you know, like Talking Heads and that kind of stuff. Yeah, way way cooler than when I was into. <laughs> And I was in I was into like you know, like like strokes and like that was sort of like my first like indie Everything is rock. New York so far. Everything is from New York. I guess I I mean yeah, yeah. I mean and there There's were a like a lot of music from New York. Yes. I was going to DIY shows at this point, so there were like, you know, other New York bands like and you know that band, the so, so Glows? I don't think so. They were like a punk band from New York that okay. was they used to uh live at Shea Stadium, that venue in New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, Shea Stadium. Right, yeah, Stab- Stab- no, Shea Stadium. Yeah, yeah, uh, But yeah, they were, like, I was listening to them growing up. Just, yeah, mostly loud music. And also, well, y'all, when I turned. Really? Yeah. When, nice. Oh, you knew that. Got, who got <laughs> you into why? I, like I didn't know.
1: Who got, got you that? into why? I'm just I, curious. I didn't know that. I don't
0: quite remember. <clears throat> it might have been Gabby, actually. Okay. Uh I think that Gabby had put Good Friday on a mix for a friend and, like, showed it to me, and I was like, oh,
1: my God.
0: Um, and, yeah, and then Alopecia was the first record that I heard by you, and okay. this was in 2008. Okay, nice. when it came um, out. Yeah.
3: yeah. How old, and you
0: were still in high school at that time, right? How old are
3: you right
2: now?
0: I'm 26. 26. I, was, I was 16 okay. when
3: yeah. I...
2: you were 16. Uh, Perfect age for that yeah. type of album. I was well, in one, one insight that I
3: have about... All of you, I feel like even Lily and others who didn't grow up in New York, I feel like you all went through a lot of things a lot younger than we did, um, as far as drinking and smoking. I mean, Getting you, not me.
1: I mean, <laughs> you weren't
3: drinking that much in high
2: school. I mean, fine.
3: Me and my my <laughs> friends who didn't. Do, I
2: mean, I wasn't. I wasn't like. I, I just that feel much. like yeah, yeah, you, you got
3: to matured quicker, got that stuff out of your system. They're realize, also New York kids. In you realize that, that you wanted to learn things when you're like sixteen, like oh, I want to learn this stuff, and then maybe stop drinking at an earlier age. Where, I don't know. I mean, not that that's a healthy way to do it. I'm not saying you're that's better than what I did, but it's very different than the way that I grew up because I, I really didn't do anything like that until college. But
2: but like I'm saying, it's like we grew up in Cincinnati, like yeah yeah no that's what... they, I mean, they all grew up in New York or sorry. like you know Lily grew up in L A. So like they're in these big cities. Absolutely, like tons I'm, I'm, of I'm shit aware going of
3: that. It's it just It's a different, it's a different thing. I I feel like I didn't find music that I, you know, that I can stand behind now until I was well into my 20s. Something that I really, like, oh, this is good music, you know. Right. Stuff I was listening to in
2: high school, I won't even talk about it. Yeah. Anyway. Different era. Also, no internet. You know what I mean? That's a huge thing. Like, we didn't have the internet in high school, so... How did we come upon music? Like, whatever was on TV, like, you know, is, like, yeah. think about that. We had like, friend, f- friends who just told us well, short, stuff, yeah. you know, but, yeah. Um. So, and, and, and is that around when you started playing in bands, like, with Oliver
0: and stuff? Yeah, we started, yeah, I had my first high school band when I was, like, 14. Um, and you played I, drums? I played drums. It was called The Floor is Lava. Uh,
2: oh, <laughs> I feel like we talked about. I liked that. Uh, yeah. Did we really? Maybe. That's like a game that people <laughs> yeah, play. A yeah, Warsawa.
0: Yeah. yeah, it had an exclamation point at the end. Nice. Yeah, you know, it was. This was two thousand six. So you know what, I feel like Oliver told me this. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and uh, I had a band with Oliver in high school called Mother Courage. Okay. And uh, another band with Henry and Jack in high school called the Mighty Handful. We had, They were. They These were. all decent,
2: decent names.
0: They were just... They were raucous, you know... Punky Punky type. indie bands. Like, they were very loud. They were too loud. Like, to the point where we never, like, sounded good. <laughs> like, we were right. always just too loud.
2: That's the... I think that's the compensation when you're, like, young. You can... Yeah, just, sure. like... You can't sound good because you don't know how to play that well yet, but you can be aggressive and loud, and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what people tend towards, I guess.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of energy, a lot of, like, jumping off things, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, handing out instruments to the audience and contributing to, like, we were like, well, we already sound bad, so you might as well play with us, too. Sound bad with us. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Can I ask you about self-discovery and gender and stuff like that back then? Um, I'm just curious, like, so you're non-binary. Mm-hmm. When was that a thing that you started to realize about yourself?
0: Um, like, in terms of actually having the language to understand that, maybe not even like, language. It's just in terms of realizing it. I mean, I don't know. That's how, like, like there were always ways that I didn't that I like related to femininity and not to masculinity that were sort of like, you know, troubling for me uh, that I didn't really, I, you know, just like, like in the ways that I presented myself or wanted to present myself uh, in like the, like things that were interesting to me <laughs> and things that weren't
2: interesting to me. Even as a small child, like as a little kid,
0: yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there are definitely, like, little, like, you know, there are things about me as a small kid that we don't have to get into that. Well, but. it's up to, that's up to you, that's
2: up to you, that's up to you. I like I like learning about that stuff about people, but it, it, it's really up to you
0: Yeah, as no. much as you want to talk about. That kind of stuff is interesting, and sometimes I feel like there's a temptation to be able to draw, like, a clean narrative through right. one's life in their relationship to gender, Some a sort of, like that there's some kind of deterministic, uh, like, a thread there the mm-hmm. whole time. And, like, in some ways, I feel Like, my mom wanted to put me in pants, but I
2: wanted to wear a dress and blah, 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 and now I'm so...
0: Yeah, and so here yeah. I am today, and this yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that narrative is actually kind of limiting to a lot of people, like, because there are other people who, you know, like, may have been really comfortable, like... You know with their relationship to their body for their whole life and then when they're 30 are like you know starting to like question that relationship or question like their relationship to gender Um and if if they look at their past and they say but I was you know when I was a teenager I was all like I was comfortable you know I don't want I wouldn't want those people to feel like uh like a now isn't the time to actually question those things and do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, sort of, I'm stumbling through it a little yeah, bit. I yeah, yeah. no, no I you're yeah. saying. You're
3: saying everyone has a different path with it and, and it doesn't always have to it's, it's a clean, clean line driven, that's drawn from the beginning of your life where you always realized you were something that wasn't it's always everyone has a different experience and maybe well, but yours was not totally clean but you've come to where you are now.
0: Yeah, and like I could draw that line, like I could like point to the, you know, the the photos, that, like the family photos for sure. and like point to like, you know, weird events in my childhood that were sort of like disruptive of like like the gender binary or like uh, you know, with sexuality and stuff, but like I don't think that those are necessarily like I don't want to say that who I am now is fully extrapolated from those experiences. Um, it's hard to I was know. More,
2: I was more thinking about it, and what sparked my my thinking about it was I was thinking about you in high school, and I'm thinking about how, you know, there's all these groups of friends and, like, how friends relate. And, I was, and I, I, my I had a friend there last night at the DC show, and he showed me this photograph of, all, like, all of my friends in high school. And it just made me sort of think about how we were... You know, even, you know, I consider myself to be male, I guess. Uh, but like, when I look back at that photo, it made me really think how there's also there was this sort of striving to be more like a man, or like you know more masculine mm. that than I was because I'm not, I don't consider myself very masculine. I, but and yet. Especially at that age, you had a, you had a bit of a femininity to you. Yeah, and
3: when you and were, when and and and
2: thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, like I was. I've just, always been an artsy kid, a sensitive, dress and stuff. You know, and but like you know, all my friends were 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 like guys and like sportsy type guys. You know, like guys. I'm I just so I was curious about how you related to your other friends and stuff, and like you know if you already felt like you know you really could feel a feminine side, and you know.
0: That's all. I don't know if it really felt like, uh, legibly like femininity to me when I was in high school. I think I was aware of my relationship to masculinity more where I was like, I was like, oh, there are just certain things that I don't feel or that I don't have access to or that like, that, you know, the people around me expect from me that I just that I don't, I can't like bring. Uh, and my response to that, you know, when I was much younger was sort of more like, like there's something like shame. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. Just like, you know, like, 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 and it, it was, and it was framed in very masculine terms. Like, like I'm like, you know, like not like strong and I'm not like brave and I'm not like tough. Um, And then, but, you know, as I became more, like, comfortable, like, and confident as a person, I guess, which, I don't know if those are even the right words for what I was, uh, it, I became, I was just sort of like, well, that's not me. I'm just more, like, I am quiet and Mm -hmm. different and I don't know what I am, but I'm just, I'm not that. And I can live with that. It's, Mm -hmm. it was less... That uh, there's less pressure, um, and it wasn't until I was like nineteen or twenty that I was like, I was like, like oh like, like I have, like this relationship to, like, uh, femininity and specifically this lack of a relationship to masculinity that I like understand and can name as like. And
2: yeah, and, and... Was this when sort of language started to come out more so, so you could sort of be able to frame things mm-hmm. a little bit?
0: Yeah, la- having access to language definitely helped with that. Um, so I, I really do think that you sort of, you need some kind of framework to understand. It's like, like
2: definitions. We like to have, yeah, we, we like to be able you to... also need
0: peers and people who you can relate
3: to, who you can talk to, who have similar feelings. I mean, that's not a whole other thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and
0: it wasn't until later in in my life that I I met people who were feeling similarly and could articulate that yeah. to me, mm-hmm. and we could like talk about our experiences. Like like, I just didn't really talk about that kind of stuff with my friends in sure. high school. Um,
3: Have you since? I, think, I mean, I didn't
0: really talk about
3: my sexuality with my friends in high school either. I mean, I think
2: or gender. I or mean, gender. I, it's just something yeah. that I, I don't think. I, I think you know, know, especially in our mm-hmm. in our day, it was, you know when we were in high school I mean it was just so so much earlier in t- in terms of people being open about themselves and being you know like For I just sure. feel like I,
3: f- I find all, all of you are very mature and, and open or, I don't know I mean this next generation I yeah, mean
2: that's what yeah. it is just, you know I, I met
3: you maybe when you were 25 I guess 20, 24 probably whatever, whatever age mid 20s and and you struck me as very confident. You, you still do. I just feel like you exude, like you know yourself pretty well for your age, more than I think I did when I was your age.
1: Hmm. Not
3: that you're, I'm sure you're going to continue to change, and by the time you're my age, I'm sure you feel differently. But mm-hmm. um, you, you, you come across as, like, confident
2: to me. So
1: That's good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah, it seems to me that you seem to know yourself pretty well. Yeah. Certainly, for your age. Yeah.
0: Yes, and and no. I think I've just I've have also become more comfortable with knowing that I can't know myself, mm-hmm. um, or you know, like like you mentioned earlier, something about uh, people or humans liking definitions. Yeah. Um, and like uh, that's uh, the way that I relate to gender in particular. Like you know, like it was w- the opposite of that in a way. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. like that makes sense. It's you know like like I think to to a lot of people that I know, and to a lot of people in general, like being non-binary is means a specific thing, um, or is like uh, an identity feels like an identity category in a positive way. And when I say positive, I don't mean good. I mean that it posits mm-hmm. something that right. it contains something
3: uh, you all the idea of it is non yet, <laughs> it's like it's not it's this in between thing that is a spectrum in itself yeah uh, then,
0: yes <laughs> yes yeah. To, to me it, 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 it's felt like it's more defined by like what isn't there for right. me and, um, and what I can't, what can't know what I can't be who I am not mm-hmm. um So, uh, yeah, the question of, like, whether I know myself more now, yeah, like, I don't necessarily think I do, uh, but I'm more comfortable now in existing in that sort of in-betweenness that I've felt for such a long time, Yeah, where I'm just, like... I mean, we all fall on the spectrum, but when you're a little bit closer to the the two
3: sides of, of gender, then it's easier to gravitate, but... Mm-hmm. If you're a little bit closer into the middle, I think it's much more difficult to navigate through it. And easier now than it was 20 years ago, but it's still,
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah. It's, I don't know, the, 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 the thread of in-betweenness is something that I'm particularly interested to and is sort of reminding me of the conversation we started in this podcast about, like, Touring and exhaustion and being placeless and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and how like in between yeah like I just think of myself as as like, like you know like in a lot of ways just unanchored and you certainly so, travel a lot yeah That's just beat, throw me anywhere and it's I'll kind deal of a with
2: beautiful it thing, though. <laughs> you seem comfortable in that though I mean from what you're saying
0: yeah I I've grown grown to be comfortable yeah. with that. Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, if we can go back to that similar time, high school or just after or whatever, like when did you start writing like told Slant stuff, like your own, Your when did you decide like, okay, I want to write my own songs? You had all these bands that were, maybe you were writing somewhat for that, but it was kind of raucous or?
0: Well, so when I was in high school, I was writing folk music that was largely inspired by people like, Jeffrey Lewis and like sort of the anti-folk world and all of the music that I've written in that time is Humiliating
2: like folk and punk is that what we call that stuff sort of you might listen. I did a uh, show
0: with Jeffrey Lewis
3: Oh, uh, yeah in uh, England. Yeah, it was interesting
0: and I really like Jeffrey Lewis So this is this this is like I'm was just bad at it, is what I'm trying to say so <laughs> I, uh, I'm not trying to throw shade on the, the anti-folk movement because it really it raised me um, This would have been like Ani DeFranco in our time, right?
2: No, I do no, no. was, was she like the precursor to stuff like that? I want to say Is I, I might be completely than... off but <sighs> yeah, yeah, Sort of like yeah. slightly like not, political, I'm no, I'm no authority to folky, but like punky, vi- punky ideas Anyway, I don't know Anyway, it doesn't matter
0: <laughs> It was just, like, music that was, like, to me, like, when I was writing music at that time, I was more interested in being clever um, and, you know, fitting a meter, like, rhyming, like, you know, all of those sort of constraints of folk songwriting. Yeah. Um And, you know, the result was, I think, not very emotionally interesting because I was, you know, I was trying to be sharp. I was trying to be witty. Right. Uh and like what
2: age i'm sorry
0: this is, you know 15 oh, to so yeah. 17 yeah. 18 i think it that's was,
2: pretty pretty typical for that age of not you know you don't feel you don't have the depth of experience and understanding yeah
0: yeah and wordplay was a crutch yeah. you know that kind of thing where you're like if i can just make these things rhyme and i can like make this like a little bit funny or self-deprecating then i don't actually have to like Bear my feelings uh, and it was it wasn't until i was it was when I was eighteen that I started writing like songs that sort of threw away those conventions and were just like uh, more focused on writing like emotionally urgent music yeah. um and i'm st- I'm still in that camp today I would say of writing emotionally urgent music, yeah, just yeah. To, or like you know. I'm not trying to, to. I'm tr- I'm not trying to hide so much with my with my songwriting. Like obviously, there's still a craft to it, and you know, you you're not going to be able to convey something like, I miss you by saying I miss you. Like you right. have to you have to get there through some secret passageway that mm-hmm. people can understand, but didn't know they could understand. That's very true. Yeah, uh, okay, right.
2: I think that's very true.
0: But so yeah there there's craft there, but it's 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 less i don't know I was just hokey, I was hokey that sure in the day. <laughs> sure
2: and that's i mean, yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to that like my my early green think yeah, I mean, all my early work at, was is very cringy is the word that I would use for it, but yeah, but necessary necessary I mean, to learn, yeah me, I well, I was talking about yourself. i mean we we were talking about at one point, I think on the bus about the difference between sort of how I started making stuff and I think you maybe and then like somebody like Joanna Newsom or Phoebe Bridgers or something where it's like they worked themselves into like completion right. before no, before outplayed. releasing anything. Yeah. yeah. They were like fully fledged, but I feel like I just I was just sort of learning as I But I, I do want to ask you a little bit about um, <clears throat> process That's all right, like for recording and stuff. Like, um, you to me, your stuff sounds very organic, but I don't know if it's analog or is it digital. I don't know how you're recording. I'm just curious what your your
0: process is. So, I, I just record into my computer. Um, I used to use GarageBand, I've migrated over to Logic, um, but you. you know, I don't I don't really use that many digital sounds, so I guess that accounts for the organic yeah. sound of the music. Yeah, the real instruments being recorded into
2: a digital thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you know, maybe part of the analog sound that you hear is me not knowing my way around the equipment yeah. that much and <laughs> getting some accidental hiss in some places. Would you are,
2: to me it sounds like intentional, though, like or like or like you're you go with it
0: a little bit the the low-finess yeah yeah and i you know i'm trying to to like i do love that aesthetic but i also like to challenge myself to make sort of the best sounding thing that i can do with the equipment that i have yes. so i'm just sort of you know i'm not going to leave that in the dust necessarily cuz i'm still you know making all my music in my room at home sure. like playing everything myself and you know uh, so, it's gonna have like that, a, a certain scrappiness to it, but I'm trying to make things sound a little more layered and lush and, uh, you know, professional for lack of a better sure. term. <laughs> sure.
2: And, and, and what, like, are you coming to a recording with a fully fledged written song, or is it the kind of thing where you're layering, where you'd be
0: like, okay, let me just lay down this drum beat and see where it goes? usually everything i everything is pre conceived okay um like which is also a kind of a hard thing I, i'm not sure this is the best way to approach things It's just the way that i've always done it is that you know i'll start writing a song usually without pen and paper even just like singing a melody singing lyrics to a melody and then i'll sort of start imagining you know okay, there's this kind of guitar part, these are the dynamics, like these, you know, the drums change in this way. Uh, I can hear a banjo happens over here. So this is all in your like, mind. Yeah, you're, you're
2: sh- sort of picturing it all.
0: Yeah, it that's sort it of exists all up here, yeah. and then I sit down in front of the computer and, you know, just, you know, track by track lay it out. Um, and things will change, that's like, you know, that's sort of a process of translation, I sure. think, recording, like you, you have this idea. And you're never gonna record that idea. It'll never sound the way you imagine, um, and so, you know. I try to let let the recording process guide my songwriting somewhat, but I I always I have this. There is this sort of top-down, sort of technocratic approach that I have to it that I'm always that you strive striving for, for. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And things, of course. Right, but you're open to things developing and changing along the way. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like we tend to work somewhat similarly to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I mean, I think that's what you strive
3: for: is to have the best vision possible and get it as close as you can, and it never will be. But the more clear it is at the beginning, yeah, the better that the better it is at the end.
2: Yeah. And some of my totally. some of my favorite like. Life moments are like talking about, like with me and Josiah or something, like talking about what we want a thing to be. Yeah, we've had some really <laughs> good times. Yeah. Oh, for, for. like it's like, yeah. it's like fucking Revolver, but like except like on acid. Or like, right. it, yeah. Well,
3: Revolver was on acid. It, it, it never comes out that way. I remember when we talked about an idea of, of how our, our band would sound in the future, or on the next tour from wherever we were, we have these two kind of percussive you know one element would just be doing all this intricate fast stuff and then you have this really kind oh, of was slow. big big percussion yeah big yes yeah, so yeah one person just playing like i was the big percussion. God, percussive. God you know the other person like, you know all the like fast stuff going in but it was like kind of a little more of an esoteric idea that didn't really have any music oh, we, connected you know, but, 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 but to it I mean, precisely. We,
2: do we not sort of do that now?
3: Sort of, but I, I, in my mind at the time, I had a much more exaggerated version yeah, of yeah. it that more theatrical, something that you'd hear more, uh, you know, uh, blue man group or something. Sure, <laughs> I, I don't know, sure. you know, a, gl- I mean, a honestly, glorified blue man group. But, the, 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 the
2: ideal of why is blue man group eventually, mm-hmm. if you take it far enough.
3: Yeah, it's true. I have grand, grand ideas.
0: <laughs> that idea is is actually something that I that I try to use in in my music specifically about like the there's like the simple percussive line and then there's mm-hmm. like the sort of intricate mm-hmm. uh, sort of auxiliary percussive line so, happening. Sitting on top of it. Yeah, and they like play off of each other. Yeah, and it's it's something that that I think I first heard it uh, on the Bright Eyes album Digital Ash and a Digital Earn.
2: That was the one where you put out the two albums at the same time. The one was like more beats and the other one was more
0: yeah this was the beats like the evil cocaine album these came out
2: i want to say 2005 or something like that yeah that sounds right
0: yeah i remember these Uh, and that album had a lot of panned drums you you said you haven't no i don't know i
3: mean i've I've heard bright eyes but i i don't think i've like said listen to those records you said hand drums or panned
0: panned panned okay like like there'll be one drum track that's just you know, doing like some, you know, a very simple beat and another drum track panned. That's you know, very similar sounds, but like sort of doing the syncopations reminds me a little bit of what y'all do with the live set, with songs like uh, the Hollows and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like
3: breaking the beat up a bit.
0: Yeah, like you've got the kick drum, you've yeah. got the the floor tom yeah. or the snare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just creates a really sort of interesting effect. I think. Yeah. Like One thing I, I noticed about your drumming,
3: that if I noticed about a few other drummers um, that y- you have a, it's a compliment, like a way of having this self-taught between the beats, like kind of kind of what we were talking about before, the falling down the stairs thing. Like Greg from Deerhoof, is an example. I mean, he's a little more virtuosic of a drummer than, than you are, but... What are you trying to say? I mean, it's Greg, man. You, yeah. you know, I mean, we all know Greg. He'll kick any of our asses, yeah. but... For the listeners i'm glaring at just. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's the same thing that, that i felt when i heard you playing on a couple tours ago that we did just this awareness of the in-betweens hmm. and working around it in a... the
2: that. that's sort of what i was saying you know, but, but the beat always comes back to where it is that's sort of what i was I saying just, about felix about. being more <laughs> alo- like fl- a a flat R- rhythm being flexible or, or mm-hmm. something for you a little bit. I mean,
3: I, I was I, thinking I, I, about I'm Greg as well. the same way. I, and you know, I have that. I relate to
2: that too, myself.
3: But yeah, I feel that with your drumming, and I, I miss your drumming. Oh, thanks.
0: It's
2: nice hearing you on bass,
3: but you know, I mean, let's, let's all be honest. Bass. I mean, come
2: on, guys. I like the bass guitar.
3: It's not drums.
0: I mean, I. I think I. I feel like I've told you this before, but like your, like your, drumming was hugely. Hugely inspirational for me, like uh, on like alopecia and elephant eyelash in particular, thank like uh, just totally uh, changed like the way that I approached the instrument. You probably can't hear it in my style no, so much, that's, but that's, that means a lot. Thank you. But mostly just because I can't do it, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like in just in terms of yeah, like I don't know. You you approach the drums really creatively, so so do you. So do you. I yeah. was the first time I saw you play. Do you remember it? In
2: <laughs> Newport, Kentucky? Yeah. At yeah. The Southgate House. Mhm. Uh Because, you know, Grace had exposed me to Eskimo. hmm And, like, I was trying to find a band to open for our next tour or whatever. And, like, I, you know, I started to listen to Eskimo. I was like, this is really great. Like, so I got, And then I found out that you guys were playing. So I went there and... Yeah, I mean, you you blew me away. Like, I mean, I I, I love Gabby's songs without a doubt. Um, but just yeah, you, you really sort of took it to another.
3: As a drummer, should yeah, the, the drummer yeah. should
2: in some way steal the show.
3: But but <laughs> the songs should really you know it should be the, the songs and the same. No, singer. but that's the thing. It's like and the were, drummer's second. You were absolutely, absolutely serving like the songs.
2: You were absolutely <laughs> serving the songs. But in a very unique and like. Uh, I, I I I just I feel you through your drumming more than most drummers. Mm. You come through, and that's that's why I think Josiah and I are both saying like I don't know. You seem like you know yourself pretty well because like I, I I feel you through
3: the yeah no I, I totally yeah when I hear someone playing the drums I'm like okay I feel that yeah you know anyway yeah I mean. Even if you know, I know you've mentioned to me before that you didn't learn the rudiments. The same as you know, you didn't come up schooled mm-hmm. like I did. I studied and went to college for it. But uh, but yeah, that stuff doesn't doesn't matter with music really.
2: In fact, it can ruin you. It can sometimes, ruin you. Too. I think
3: it can. It can. I mean, it's good if it's incorporated right. It gives you more options. That's about it. It yeah. definitely didn't didn't ruin you. No, 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 <laughs> no, no Thank no, you. No, no, no. no. I, I'm not. I'm not regretting any of my path
0: but yeah anyway. also learning nothing about your instrument can ruin you because that's you, true you, too you can remain <laughs> no, remain clueless <laughs> Look, I mean the, the ideal is you learn
3: all that stuff young so it's all second nature and then you're free to just you know I'm asked again not, not to reference John Von Owen but he did just pass so we'll honor him again he mentioned he, that he's with, a,
2: he is a is a wandering wolf alone yes
3: yes he, he mentioned that um, with Jeff Hamilton it was like yeah I'm, Jeff's like me except he can do every, anything
2: right And John right.
3: John was self-taught he never studied and he just learned it all himself mm-hmm. you
2: know so no I mean and there's d- without a doubt something to be said for actually like practicing your instrument and yeah. actually knowing how to but practice. I will say <laughs> during the John Von Allen Memorial
3: Jeff Hamilton who's a famous drummer came to play because he studied with John and this was right before we came on this tour like a week or two and it, it was a great beginning for me of this tour, because just watching Jeff Hamilton play once was this enough. This
2: is at, at, the, memori- at like yeah. the funeral?
3: No, it wasn't a funeral. It was just a celebration Okay, play with the band. Watching him play once was enough to, like, make me play better this whole tour.
0: Really? Yeah. Really? Oh,
3: yeah. I, I, I channel him and John. I mean, they play the same. Just, like, just that leaning back, just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like... Hitting the things, but like sitting solid and like yeah. not letting the beat, you know, sitting back on it, like just watching him that one night was just like helped me for this whole tour. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: I. I know I, I've 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 been flattering you a little bit. I'm gonna do it one more time, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and just once more. After our last tour together, like I, I felt that way about you know being seeing you, drum. Uh, oh, that's like,
3: awesome,
0: and, I'm, I'm, yeah. And I, I, I was, right after that tour, I was heading into, or, you know, a, a couple months later maybe, I was heading into a recording session with this other band that I played drums in called Emily Rio. Um, and it was, it definitely, like, I, I took some of you into mm. that, in that a way. It makes me feel so good like, that, that, like, Jeff gave me that, but I can give that to someone else. Like, that's really awesome Oh yeah, 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 Yeah. yeah. and I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, I hope that maybe I can give it to someone. Oh, I think you already. have you already have. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, this I think that's a good place to stop. I think. I I think that's good. We're five
3: o'clock here. I think. think
2: Yeah. All right, Felix. Thank you you. so much for being on the podcast. Please say bye to the
0: people out there. Bye, sweet people. (laughs) Thanks for listening to our conversation. (laughs)
2: you thank you for joining us all you friendos out in friendoland. thank you very much to felix for being on the podcast all of the music you're hearing smattered throughout uh, underneath the oppressive sound of my voice uh, and otherwise at the end you'll hear a full song is told slant so if you dig what you hear go anywhere on the internet and search for told slant and now the listing of my executive producers those of you that gave five dollars or more on patreon.com slash the wandering wolf thank you so much for doing so adam chase alexis johnson anthony duenas caitlin augustine cemetery chips dylan rowe emma ridgeway jake huntley jim Laskowski, kenneth leanne matt hill merrick jarmulowicz Michael Payne, Paul Solorzano, Robert Hess, Simon Bird, Tim Vecchio, Anna Stevenson, Evan Gordon, Michael Miller, Yeshua Miles Arista, Ian Tankersley, Joseph Kennedy, and Jesse Walters. Thank you all so much for pledging. And please, if I pronounce your name incorrectly, just hit me up and, and tell me how to say it correctly. I'm not always the most precise. I don't know the derivations of all these names. You know, if you say, well, yeah, it's Latin, then I'm going to know how to pronounce it. If you say it's Greek, well, yeah, I'm going to know how to pronounce it. Uh, I know my classics, but I can't always be everywhere at once. Also, thank you to those of you executive producers who chose to go anonymous. There are a few of you, and I really appreciate you as well. Also, those that gave any amount of over at patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf. All of you make this thing possible, so thank you. Let's go out on a told Slant song just to ease us back into holiday life. Not that this is a holiday tune or anything, but it's a beautiful tune. It'll ease us nonetheless. All right, you guys, take care. Keep wandering. (laughs)
1: you <laughs>
0: but I'm just, I'm not that.